0: Campside Media. Hello?
1: What is the uh, what do you want me to what
0: say? Is going
1: on here? Like oh, it's why? just um chameleon.
0: Chameleon. chameleon. Okay. You're listening to Chameleon.
1: A production of Campside Media.
0: Oh. <laughs> I'm going to tell you a story for a minute about consequences. About what can happen when people close to you are reckless, and then you're in trouble with them, even though you didn't do anything. There was a guy in Florida named Gassan. He came to the United States and he married the love of his life. And shortly after they tied the knot, they had a son. Born in Florida, Gassan's son was an American citizen. And Gassan expected to make a new life for himself and his small family. The American dream and all that. It should have all worked out, this American dream. He had a business with two locations. Gassan liked to drink and party and that first year with a screaming baby in an apartment was rough. And so Ghassan would hit the bars sometimes. Sure, Gasan wasn't perfect. But he was a good guy. Straight as an arrow. A rule follower. He knew a few people who weren't so good. Who didn't play life so straight. And at one point, they tried to tempt Gasan into getting involved in a criminal scheme. A serious but victimless crime. No one would have been hurt. Gassan said, no thanks, life's good, why cross the line? The problem for Gassan was that those people he knew, the ones who tried to tempt him to participate in that victimless crime, they weren't quite as adept at sniffing out bad situations. And so these people Gassan knew, they got in the crosshairs of the FBI. And so did Gassan, simply for standing next to those people, being in the wrong place at the wrong time. I don't mean this metaphorically, there is a Gassan. He's real. Off the jail he went. This story about gasan it's at the heart of this entire venture, this whole podcast we're making. How and why? Well, we're going to get there in time. I'm Trevor Aronson. From Campside Media, this is High Rollers, Season 2 of Chameleon. So last episode, I told you about how Emil Buhari had problems with his diet clinic business. And also how he got into a feud with a Las Vegas lawyer, Paul Pata. Now, Emil wants to build back his weight loss empire, make it even bigger and better than the last one. He just needs more investors, of any kind, from any location. He's sitting in his clinic, in a manicured office park, trying to figure out what to do. It's nice here, pretty upscale. All around him are sand-colored buildings with peach-colored trim. And that's when a guy named Michel walks through the door of his Las Vegas diet clinic. He's not at all like Kevin Romney, the straight-laced businessman from Utah, who I told you had invested in Emile's business last time. Michel is a pot-bellied man with a Moroccan accent. He's, he's, He's
2: fat. He's got probably 50 pounds to lose.
0: But Michel isn't just there to shed a few pounds.
2: And he starts talking about business, and he has investors in China and all this stuff, and they're looking to invest here in the States. And I'm like, well, this is the company. This is what I'm trying to grow. He invites me out to dinner a couple of times, comes in a couple of times to my clinic, just starts chatting about business.
0: Now, it's important to remember, Emil's an opportunist, and he's not alone in Las Vegas. And I don't mean that as a slight. I've met so many opportunists in my career as a journalist, in places like Miami, Los Angeles, even Phoenix, Arizona. I've admired many of them. There's a certain honesty and scrappiness to being an opportunist. But as far as I can tell, nowhere are there more opportunists right now than in Las Vegas. Vegas these days is a boomtown. There are glitzy casinos, sure, everyone knows about those. But there's also a legal marijuana industry with dispensaries, some the size of a Best Buy, now dotting the city. Cosmetic surgeons have been moving in from California and the East Coast tech companies are even setting up. In real estate, condos rising downtown and near the Strip, and suburbs of newly constructed housing developments sprawling into the surrounding desert, there's a feeling that you can build anything you want in Las Vegas, even pools in the middle of the desert. There are a lot of pools in the Las Vegas suburbs. So like others in Las Vegas, Emil's always looking for the next big score. And then in walks this guy, Michel, who might be that score. Here's Emil.
2: He started saying, listen, I got these powerful people, they're Asian, I believe, and they want to invest in someone, they have real estate, they have transport, they have, uh, yeah, nutrition and all this stuff.
0: This sounds pretty good to Emil. In Vegas, if you walk up to a few people and say you have $10 million to open a restaurant chain, they'll immediately have an idea, an angle, a way of getting a piece of that action, even if they don't know a thing about running a restaurant. That's just Las Vegas right now, home of the Hustlers. So Emil is open to what this guy is saying.
2: When I'm I like, great, then let's set up a meeting at something like that one day. And then he keeps coming to my clinic and so on and just, you know, talking to me.
0: Emil and Michelle leave things like that. But then Michelle returns to the clinic a couple of weeks later. In the rest of this episode, and actually this whole series, you're going to hear many of the secret recordings that I've uncovered. They aren't always the easiest to understand, so you might need to listen closely. Anyway, here's Michel and Emil, greeting each other on the day Michel comes back to Emil's clinic.
1: Michelle, My brother, how are you? it nice yeah.
0: It doesn't seem like he's lost any weight, but well, that's not why he's here anyway. my
1: friend? Good, good. I was out. that came in. Where did you go? I went to Paris and London.
0: Emile's pretty psyched. Michel seems like a high roller, an international businessman.
1: Yeah, but I'm, listen, I have some good news. Oh, my, uh, my guy mm-hmm. is coming next week. Mm-hmm. He's going to take you to dinner. Really? Oh, yeah. Good, man. So You're that's Chinese it. Guy? Good. Yeah. So really? I mean, agent, you know. Yeah, Malaysian, okay, Chinese. Yeah. So he's coming next week. So. Good. We're going to go have a nice dinner somewhere, and uh, that's that's we're going to, you know, close the deal, my brother? I hope so. Oh yeah, we'll go to a steakhouse, whatever you want, we
0: go, no problem, you know. Michel is telling Emil about his business associate, a wealthy man of the world, who's interested in investing in Emil's weight loss enterprise. We've been busy, man, busy,
1: <laughs> very yeah. busy, yeah. Everyone is busy, it's a good thing, it's a good thing. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, in his field, being busy is good, you know. That's when money going in and out of the room. That's, he does loan
2: money basically. That's
1: he does for the most
0: part. That's all he does, you know. All he does is loan money. That's what Michelle says. Emile can't help but see the dollar signs. His next big score. More after the break. You're listening to Camellia from Campside Media.
2: Have you ever felt like escaping to your own desert island? Jane Gaskin did exactly that. ...trading in the family home to begin a new life in the tropics. But she soon discovers that paradise has its secrets. I'm Alice Levine, and this is The Price of Paradise... ...the island dream that ends in kidnap, corruption and murder. Wish you were here? Follow The Price of Paradise now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to True Spies...
0: You're listening to Chameleon from Campside Media. So when we left off, Michel and Emile were talking about Michel's business partner. He's got a lot of money, Michel says. And at this point, Michel has something else to say about his business associate. And, well, he might not be exactly on the up and up. He runs massage parlors, the kind where men leave very happy. Listen,
1: I want to repeat to you because I know he's going to ask you again. He's going to uh... When he's there, he's gonna ask you himself. You know, uh-huh. d- do you know where the money comes from? I mean, and that's fine. But why do I have to know? I don't have to know. Uh? It's I'm better if I don't know. No? Well, no, but he he wanna know what the person is dealing with. I mm-hmm. mean, he want to know that at least you know that the money's from gamb. I mean, from prostitution and ecstasy and stuff like that. You well, know? if
2: he makes the money, that's
1: that's up to him. Yeah. So no. I just want you to know.
2: That's as long as I'm not doing anything, but, you know, I have nothing to do with
0: that, it's fine. Okay. No. Let me recap what just happened. Michel seems to be working hard here to get on the record with a meal that his business associate makes money from, as Michel says, gambling. And then he switches the story and says, from prostitution and drugs. This felt awkward to me, forced even, when I listened to the tape recording. I wondered why Michel would be saying all that. But Emil lets it slide without acknowledging much of it. Emil starts selling again, okay. selling an investment in his business.
1: This is an investment. We're investing in the business, we
2: make the money. And we make a lot of money. It's a good business. And you can grow this business very quickly.
1: Listen, maybe uh, if you grow with him, and if it's a low process, you're going to go wherever he goes, my brother. So you go big. He's going big. I mean, he's
0: big already, but
1: we want you to go big, so it's up to you.
0: So Michel is speaking Emil's language here. Emil wants to expand his business, create another weight loss chain, but even bigger than his last one. Then Michel explains that his associate's investment might be, well, a little unusual. You
1: know, so I think he's going to do a test trial with you. I don't know how much, but he wanted, you know, he's going to let you know. Going to do a test trial, I have no idea. 15, 20, 25,000. He just wants to see, you know.
0: Emil says he's fine with it, no, but really, no Emil's irritated that Michel is talking about such a small amount of dough. You, what do you think?
2: Well, I can't do much with 15,
1: 20,000, but I mean, if he just wants to. Yeah, he just wants to see fine. a bit. I mean, Michel, just you know, I have money. I have. Huh?
0: have Emil pulls out some bank statements yeah, and shows Michel that he has more than $600,000 in the bank. The message Emile sends is pretty clear. I'm looking for investors, but 15, 20 grand? That's not a lot. It's not serious money. Michel immediately sets his mind at ease. He explains that his business associate just likes to start small, that's all. Then more money will come. Much more.
1: I know my brother. I know. I listen. That's how he does it. You know, I just want you to give you the heads up. and. You know, you do the negotiation with him, but uh, he's a fair guy, so, I would, you know. But what you want to do, he's going to give you cash, you know that, and you're going to give him check. What I mean, what you want to do? It just
2: depends on what, I mean, I, I just still don't understand exactly when he wants everything back. Yeah, How, like, so. That's kind one of like, what,
1: you know, so,
2: what schedule, all this kind of thing.
0: What Emil says here is revealing. It's clear that he thinks Michelle's friend is interested in investing in his business. You know, a legitimate investment. Okay, well, you guys can work it out. Okay? I'll be there too, you know, but I'm excited. Michelle seems to be worried that he's losing Emile. Like maybe Emile isn't excited about the investment himself. Like maybe Emile thinks the amount of money involved is too small to take seriously.
2: It should do very well, my friend. Oh yeah. Because every month we're doing better
1: than last month. Okay. This company. Listen, he can do 25 this week. I mean, the next day uh, another 20. I mean, he just want to see how things goes first. I understand. So, I understand. you know, I mean, if everything goes and he's very comfortable, because this is new for him. You know, weight loss, Weight loss. He never used any weight loss <laughs> businesses before, so it's new. I mean, body shop, restaurant, right, right. nightclubs. Uh, you know, that he knows how it works, but is new for him, so, you know, it's new, so you have to... I understand. Okay? But I vouch for you. I said how great guy you are. It'll be
2: good. It'll be good.
1: Yeah. The ball is in your court, brother. All right, my friend. Okay? Sounds good. So, I don't know, I'm not going to take more... Of-
0: now the big night comes. Michel is finally going to introduce Emil to his business associate. They meet at another one of those shishi restaurants in Vegas, Botero Steakhouse, inside the Wynn Hotel and Casino on the Las Vegas Strip. As he arrives at the table, Michelle introduces Emil to Dennis. Hey,
1: hey Emil, how you? You good? I'm good, Emil, this is Dennis. How are you doing?
0: There's a lot of background noise in this recording. It's a busy restaurant. Dennis is full of compliments. I
2: do
1: do Pilates a little bit, and then I do Krav Maga a little
0: bit. But no, no way. Here's how Emil remembers Dennis from this meeting.
2: He's drinking double Blue Label Scotch whiskeys, five, six of them, um, which is a lot of alcohol.
0: Johnny Walker Blue is about fifty dollars a shot in a Las Vegas casino bar. That puts a double close to one hundred dollars a drink. So five, six. Dennis alone is putting down at least $500 in alcohol.
2: And Dennis starts talking about his massage parlors. He has a real estate company, he has a transportation company, and some investment companies or whatever. And then he talks about these massage parlors. And he would say, well, you know, all our clients are from Asia,
0: and then sometimes they, you know, who knows, if they get a hand job or something like that. At the meeting, Dennis starts talking about the clients of his massage parlors.
1: The I right look at, you know, you... you You got guys coming to the U.S., either they're business
2: people, you know, whether they're married or not, men or men, right? Yeah, right? Men or men, okay? You know they're going to try finding something, right? They're away from their wives, they're overseas,
1: you know, their their wives are in China or in the Philippines, so they're here, what,
0: what do, if you don't have the service, what do you want them to do? Go to Hollywood and walk the street? Guess what, you're gonna get robbed, kidnapped, get
2: beat up, and who knows what kind of shit they're gonna catch, you know?
0: Dennis makes it clear. He operates massage parlors in Los Angeles, where the women aren't just giving massages. They're also having sex for money. The bill then comes to the table, and Emil offers to pay his share, the half-hearted way you do when you're expecting the other person to pay. And you're just being polite.
1: How much do you want from me, Dennis? No, this is mine. Sure? Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Sure? I mean I like heck, man, wait past your bed someone picking you up, brother. <laughs> I don't even have my milk. I tell you, I'm sure you and I will run into each other. You know?
0: Emil leaves the dinner confused. He expected Dennis to want to know more about his company. He was considering an investment and all, right? But all Dennis talked about was his business, his happy ending massage parlors, and his escapades in bars and clubs around the world. They never
2: asked, can I see your investment? Uh, let me see your numbers. Let me see your bank accounts. Let me see anything right. of that nature. Right. And I would ask Michel over and over again, what about this? Don't you want to see this? Do you want me? He's like, no, no, it's OK, brother. They'll take your word for it. Okay. <laughs> that type of thing. He always came back with an answer,
0: even if it didn't make sense. Emil senses something's odd, but he's got investors here on the hook. And Emil's thinking, well, let's see where this goes. More after the break. You're listening to Camille from Campside Media.
2: Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes.
0: You're listening to Camellia from Campside Media. So far in our story, I think Emil may have been a little confused by Michelle and Dennis. Were they investors or not? All he knew was that they were in businesses that weren't exactly above board. But he still liked both of them and wanted to see where this would go. They were fun to be around. Even Emil's brother Gus thought so. Here's how Gus summed up Michelle and Dennis for me.
2: Yeah, I know what kind of guy this is, sure. You know, the guy, the little guy who comes up to you with the hundred little Swiss watches in his pocket and says, hey, what do you want to buy? You want to buy this one? You want to buy that one? Hey, you look like the kind of guy that buys this. Hey, try this. Uh, you know, this looks good on you. Try it. I give you best deal that's that's the kind of guy that I felt this, this was Michelle you had Dennis, this other guy uh, Asian American and also a lot of fun wearing jeans and fit and tall and very friendly and
0: high-fiving and buying drinks hey what are you going to drink dude to Emil, these guys were fun but the next time they show up at Emil's weight loss clinic in Las Vegas they're accompanied by a guy that Emil hasn't seen before
1: Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. Emil walks out from his office. Hey guys, come back. Good morning. This new guy they're with. There's an intimidation factor about him.
2: He's this really tall guy and he comes in and he says he's Chinese or something and he's the bodyguard. He's uh Dennis's bodyguard. And he was all professional. He'd close the door, lock the door and and you know and I remember Michelle telling me this guy's black belt, six dan and karate and he knows how to kill.
0: As they're huddled in Emil's office, this large guy Dennis' bodyguard, walks over to Emil's desk and plops down a large pile of cash. Yeah,
1: look at that. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> well, all right, so should I start counting? We, we would, wanna it, do want to make it tomorrow, It's a if you want to listen,
2: right? And so you ready? Is that good? Yeah, yeah. we're good. Yeah.
0: That noise you're hearing is a money counter. A money counter is about the size of a small printer. There's a tray at the top where you place the bills. And then those bills are sent to a lower tray as they're counted by the machine. A digital display shows the count in real time. The noise the machine makes comes from the individual notes passing rapidly through the counter at a rate of more than 1,000 per minute. Emil is running thousands of dollars in fives, tens, twenties, through his counting machine
1: you know, I just know the big picture. And it's five oh in there.
0: Five O, as in fifty thousand dollars. Dennis and Michelle have brought Emile fifty thousand dollars in cash in small bills. And Emil's running all this money through his counter. It takes Emil the next twenty minutes to count most of the money.
1: Here's forty six thousand.
2: According to this forty six thousand. How much is total? Fifty thousand? Fifty, yeah, 50. Yeah, it's what, what I'm saying time. is this is almost yeah, I can just assume
1: that's good. I yeah. don't want to count yeah. the $41 bills, right? We know, we know, we know this is about five. I think it's five. And so based on your count, that's about
0: yeah, right. It. So they agree on the count, $50,000. And that's when Dennis makes his request.
1: Can you cut three checks? Yes. Okay, so let's do this. Do you want to write the names down? Yeah.
0: Dennis gives Emil three companies to write the checks out to. Pineda Printing Services, Mendez Movers, and Torres Gardening. In all, Dennis gives Emil $50,000 in cash. And Emil, in turn, gives Dennis three checks from his weight loss business account, totaling $46,000. But Emil doesn't have a good feeling about all this.
2: I remember getting very hot and started getting scared. Um, and then I do it, and then it's done.
0: What's happening here, what Emil does, taking $50,000 in cash, and then writing business checks for $46,000? That's money laundering. The $4,000 left over after the $46,000 in checks? That's Emile's cut, known in money laundering lingo as Emile's points. He got 8%. 8 points. People who want to conceal criminal proceeds use businesses that take in cash and mix their illicit cash with legitimate cash. You've probably heard of the mafia buying restaurants. Or maybe you saw Breaking Bad, Walter White buys a car wash. Those are money laundering fronts. The person whose money is being laundered hands over cash and then gets a check, minus a cut, to a company he controls, like a fake landscaping company, for services he never delivers. Once the check is deposited into his bank, the money is clean, legitimate, laundered. During one of my conversations with Emil, I'm in his clinic in Las Vegas. I asked him about this first transaction with Dennis. Had you ever before after laundered money? No, mm-hmm. absolutely not, no. Had it of ever like occurred to you that like money no. laundering would
2: be No, I didn't even know what money, I used to hear it on TV and I, and I never even understood really what it meant. Just like wire fraud, I never understood it. Like I never understood those, I know what embezzlement means, I know what you know cocaine distribution means or whatever, but I never even knew what money laundering exactly meant. <laughs> And you can see me on the tape, I'm hesitating, like I'm like, I didn't want to do the first deal. And then I did it, and I'm thinking I was going to get investors.
0: Emil says he was feeling pressure. He needed to do this in order to build trust with Dennis. And then Dennis would invest in his company.
2: Michelle told me, brother, just do this one thing so they trust you, and then we'll get investors. We have people in Malaysia. They have nutritional supplements. I remember telling me stories and stories and stories about investors. They're huge. They'll buy lots of your weight loss kits and send them to Malaysia and China and so on and so forth. There was always that, do this, and we're going to do all this for you.
0: Okay, let's get back to Emil's office. Dennis and Michelle are there, and Emil's just counted Dennis's $50,000. And he's given Dennis three checks totaling $46,000. After he's got the checks, Dennis leans in and asks Emile a question. Dennis's dumb question, whether Emile has enough money in the bank, is actually a critical one. He wants to make sure Emile's check is going to go through, because if it bounces, well... That ain't money laundering, and he just lost a ton of cash. After Dennis and Emil finish up their transaction, Michelle asks Emil to come outside to talk privately. Emil and Michelle are standing in front of Emil's building, number 8687.
2: And it's strange, because I don't know where Dennis is at it, but Michelle's like, come on, come on, brother. I want to tell you something. So we go out of my clinic, out the door, and we're standing outside. He said, listen, now you're part of us. You're our friend. You're our family. Do you have any problems? Like, do you need people to be, you know, taught a lesson? And I'm like, "What what are you talking about?
0: Taught a lesson. Michelle tells Emil that if he has any problems, anybody giving him trouble, that, you know, he and Dennis will take care of them. It sounds like mafia shit. What the hell's Emil got himself into? But it turns out, Emil has no idea who Dennis and Michelle really are. We Okay. Good. All right.
2: I need not do the premium. I'll do it. Okay. Good luck.
1: Case number 281N LV 4663064 Today is October 27th. 2014, approximately 11:40 a.m.
0: This is High Rollers. In the next episode, you'll hear how the investigation of Emil Buari got started.
1: CHS
2: will meet with Emily Buari, Las Vegas, Nevada.
0: You'll learn how Emil's free-spirited friend Mary gets lured into the trap. Well,
1: I tried two guys in one. Did you? Have you? Yeah, I have.
0: Did you like it? Of course, one got jealous, but... And you'll discover that Emil gets himself in. Deep. Um, the, how much is this now? You know, total. Total, total is
2: 150 and 25.
1: 175. 175.
0: Okay. Chameleon Season 2 comes from Campside Media. It's hosted by me, Trevor Aronson. Our executive producers are Vanessa Gregoriadis and Adam Hoff. Alex Yablon fact-checked the series. Margot Williams also contributed to research. Mark McAdam composed the theme song. Doug Slaywin and Sam Leeds provided production support. The executive producers at Campside Media are Josh Dean, Vanessa Gregoriadis, Adam Hoff, and Matt Scher. If you enjoyed High Rollers, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. It really does help other listeners like you find the show. And make sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts Spotify or wherever you get your podcast.
1: Take me in Sin City. Take me in Sin City. When you're in Sin City, no use confessing your sins.